0: Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And
1: welcome back. Uh, we got more Real Presence Live coming up for you. This is Brad Gray and Janine Bitson. Uh, we are just, uh, I guess we're grateful. We're blessed. Um, we're happy that we all get to share in the wonders of our faith together. We've been discussing, we had a great conversation just now with Father Peter Andrel about the four common attacks of the devil being uh, deception, division, diversion, and discouragement. Gosh, what what an important message for our times, right?
2: Oh, very, very important. And like I say, it's nothing you know new. new. That's uh, yeah. what you and, and yeah. Father had said as well. Um, but it is it is a time where we're really being called to unite as Christians. You mm-hmm. know, to unite, uh, and I don't mean just as Catholics. You know, if we could get our Catholic universal church mm-hmm. to unite more in these dark times. I mean, the power that we would have mm-hmm. to, you know, eradicate some of these lies that the devil has tried to put in, you know, yeah. put on to
1: us. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think of Jesus, uh, I don't remember as John's gospel where he talked about they will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered um that i mean in it's interesting in spanish diablo you know the word for the devil is the divider the, 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 that that's one of his common tactics because god is one it's in it's in many ways it's an attack on the unity of god who calls us all into communion with him this this aspect of division and that's one of the sad one of the things that saddens my heart is the the reality of racism for sure yeah. That people are, are judged based on the color of their skin, on something that has nothing to do with who they are as a right. person, right? Right. Um, but that the response is often so much more just more racism. You know, like, well, let's look at a different color of skin. And it's not, it's not a creative analysis of how do we go beyond the simple superficial Perceptions of people and encounter the person you know how do we actually get toward unity instead of just determining who gets the the, the best seat at the table you know
2: well and, and the way you get beyond that is that we need to understand that we're all made in the image and likeness of God mm-hmm. you know and it's it's just it's A common just, brotherhood yeah, yeah it just saddens me too uh you know that our world has gone through the different things that it has gone through and yet There's also great saints and great Mm -hmm. situations that come out of that. Um, when we stand up for truth, when we stand up for our brother and sister in Christ, and and that's where we really need to be, elevating ourselves in our prayer life, in our engagement of our fellow of our neighbor, yes, of our, our the stranger, <laughs> and we just need to understand that we're all spiritual. We're all you know tied into this same family.
1: Right. I, I loved how Father mentioned how some priests won't read anything of the media of what's going on in the world. Uh, until they've done their holy hour and that's really getting plugged into the source so that you can properly analyze right. what you're seeing and what you're reading what you're experiencing you know that that there is uh, there's a lot out there and and we're probably we're certainly more aware of what's going on worldwide than what many generations were previously uh, just because we have the ability to to have that awareness but again sometimes we can we can let the the mountains loom so high that we don't see the sun above them you know, and I think that's that's a danger that many of us, perhaps all of us fall into is that um, you know we we look simply at those things around us, and we talked about this a little bit during our our interview with Father, that that we forget that Jesus is is moving all things. like there is nothing that humanity, that society, that that the evil one, and the legions of of hell can align so significantly that it actually even begins to thwart God's plan.
2: Right, right. And and that is the beauty and the hope mm-hmm. that, you know, God's mercy, God's love, you know, his God's power, plan, his, his power, yeah. yeah, that he he wins no yeah. matter what happens. Yep. And uh, I'm just you know, we just need to understand all of us in our listening area, you know, whether we're Catholic or not Catholic, where, you know, where we're at mm-hmm. in our faith journey, you know, that God has called each and every one of us mm-hmm. as individuals to be part of his salvation history. You know, he has an invitation to us mm-hmm. and how are we responding? Are we part of the problem or are we part of the solution? Yeah. You know, are we doing God's will and, and really helping to encounter Mm-hmm. A relationship with our fellow man, or are we dividing in and, and those four Ds of the devil?
1: And part of that is, you know, with social media, there is a tendency, I think, that many of us feel of uh, you see something and you jump into the fray, um, often powered by your emotions, sure. And and we lose contact with the humanity of the people that we're engaging with on the other side, and so we might say, or... Act in ways that you never would if the person was standing in front of your face, right? And so I think one of the big things that we can do, because it's like, well, what do we do practically speaking about this? We pray. Yes, absolutely. Um, But one of the big things that you hear it all over and again, um, and I see it certainly with in my realm of marriage and family life that I work with, is this aspect of diversion, you know, of how it it separates families and separates couples and separates people and and groups um, of Of allowing it, we we indulge an awful lot in practices of diversion, so that we become uncomfortable with silence. We become uncomfortable with the domain in which God's voice is heard. Right, and and so, oftentimes the result is our emotions lead us. You know, they might be they might be kind of coupled in some respect with our our thoughts, uh, but sometimes. Sometimes the, the thoughts trail behind the emotions.
2: And and I think to add to that, um, having dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, and dialogue isn't just speaking. And like you say, with your mm-hmm. emotions or your opinions, mm-hmm. dialogue is also listening. right? Yep. And And so that's kind of a forgotten thing as well in our society, that we really need to be good listeners. Yep. And a lot of times it's just someone being able to speak and you listen, and then if you have... You know, the formulated response that's not going to put them on the defensive, but to help them grow, you know, and yep. say, Oh, have you thought of it this way? Yep. You know, and, and a lot of times, if you just have good dialogue, good listening skills, um, there's a lot of things that can be solved.
1: And speaking of listening and dialogue, we yeah. actually have Dr. Clay Rutledge, a professor of psychology from NDSU, on the line to speak about religion and our preservative meaning. Good morning to you, uh, Clay. Good morning. Thank you so much for being on with us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm a, what's often referred to as an existential psychologist. Oh. Uh, what that means is, I, you know, I study psychology, but with a particular focus on the big questions that are unique to the human experience. Mm. Um, a lot of these questions revolve around the pursuit of meaning and purpose in life.
1: Hmm, Fascinating. That's, uh, that sounds like quite the, the realm and perhaps not the most common uh, application of psychology in in our world today.
3: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I think psychology as a as a discipline has interestingly actually had historically at least started to move away from you know some of the biggest and most important questions of the human mm. experience, and I think in part in an effort to be you know very scientific and very you know very rigorous empirically. Um, and then, but, you know, but what has happened as a result of that, I think, is a lot of these issues got left into the in the realm of philosophy, which is great, um, but there are empirical, more quantitative ways of approaching these questions as well, and that's where um, some of us who, who do existential psychology, I'm not the only person, mm-hmm. of course, who do this have, you know, have been making this argument uh, for a number of years that you can use rigorous research methods and scientific research methods um, to to study some of these um, questions about how humans uh, approach um, issues related to meaning and purpose in life.
2: Well, that's really fantastic, Clay. I'm so grateful that you're joining us this morning. You know, you had just recently written a, a paper Um, can you tell us, well, you you write several papers, but you recently wrote a paper on how humans are a spiritual species. Can you um, tell us more about that?
3: Yeah, of course, I'd be happy to. Um, Years ago, I was, you know, so I should say that I, you know, one of the areas of of research that I do is in what's called the psychology of religion, which makes a lot of sense, I think, if you think about existential psychology, because a lot of religious experiences and pursuits um, center around the quest for meaning in life. Mm -hmm. And years ago, I noticed some of these trends about um, the secularization of society. And you see lots of people talking about this, like, oh, look, Americans and Westerners are becoming a lot less religious than they used to be. And what I found interesting about that is that didn't square, really, with my understanding of, of, of human nature mm-hmm. and our need for meaning and our, and our quest for meaning. So I just thought that there's some there must be something else going on. And I think one way to think about it is if I were to be able to show you that Americans are eating fewer hamburgers, you wouldn't conclude <laughs> that, oh, look, Americans don't need food anymore. Um, they're <laughs> done eating. They're not eating the number of hamburgers they used to eat. Instead, you would, you know, you would pretty quickly figure out, oh, they must be eating something else mm-hmm. because, um, humans have to eat food. And I think that's actually quite similar to our, our spiritual nature that just because Americans are attending church less or are less likely to self-identify as religious doesn't mean that they still don't have those spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. They must be trying to meet those needs. Um, consuming some other source.
1: And that's a big thing these days, is you hear people talking about how they're spiritual, but they're not religious, right? There's, there's something innately human about sensing that there's something transcendent beyond me. Um, you know, I think of even in the self-help world, they talk about, you know, the universe, right? And, and they'll go so far as celebrities will talk about thanking the universe for this, um, which seems utterly nonsensical to, to anyone who has any... Philosophical foundation, but um, it's it's a reality, right? We we have something that that is almost inescapably spiritual about us, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that's definitely true, and I think that, um, of course, from a philosophical, theological perspective, that that you can make that argument. People definitely make that argument, and I and I think that it's increasingly the case that we can make that arg- argument um, within the field of empirical psychology as well, mm-hmm. just studying the basic human need for meaning and documenting that and how it plays out in different ways.
1: Yeah. Well, we are, uh, this is, this is awesome. I'm, I'm loving this. We're just getting warmed up here, but we're going to, we're going to step away for just a couple of minutes, but we're going to come back and dive deeper into this, this issue of, of, our, our essential spiritual nature that, that really we can't get away from. So, uh, stay with us. We'll be back with more of this conversation on the other side of this break.
0: which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503.
1: And let's get back to it. We've been having this awesome conversation with Dr. Clay Rutledge, the professor of psychology at NDSU, North Dakota State University, on this aspect of religion, our pursuit of meaning. How, as human beings, we are inherently uh, spiritual. So, so Clay, yeah, take us forward. This is fascinating. We're just getting into it.
3: Yeah, I, I think one one important feature of this research about you know about the inherent nature of spirituality in our species is to highlight how social that is, mm-hmm. and I think we we're starting to touch on this a little bit, because you know, one of the challenges in our modern affluent and individualistic society is that people don't really necessarily want to submit to mm-hmm. some higher authority, right? They want they want kind of self-help or buffet-style approach to spirituality, where they can get the benefits of their spiritual nature. Without really having to comp- comply with any um, with any rules or with any structure, and our research is beginning to suggest that that really isn't isn't working for mm-hmm. most people. Um, that this individual approach to spirituality, and so I think that's also a challenge going forward is understanding that yes, humans are naturally spiritual, um, but all, not all efforts to meet spiritual needs are, are equal.
1: I think that's a uh, uh Fascinating insight that you offer, and I think that's really at the heart of the the whole spiritual but not religious movement uh, is that really i don 't want to have to submit to anything outside of myself outside of my desires and my whims, and uh, that way I can kind of have my cake and eat it too um, but you were mentioning that, that a lot of the the research contradicts that philosophy that take on life. Can you take us into some of the research that you've come across
3: yeah of course so for um, for instance we we look at two variables that will sound similar that, but have an important difference. One is what we call the need for meaning, which is what we've been talking about, which is, you know, kind of the basic human inclination to to search for meaning, to want meaning in our lives. And the other variable is what we call the presence of meaning, which is whether or not I've met that that need. So, you can be looking for meaning, but not succeeding in, me- in meeting that need, right? Sure. Um,
1: like you can be starving and, so those, and not sa- satisfied, Right. right?
3: Exactly. And that distinction is important because in our research we find that the more people are looking for meaning, the more they need meaning, um, they might be inclined to do things like believe in witchcraft and UFOs and astrology and all sorts of other alternative kind of spiritual spiritual paths um, that are distinct from more traditional um, religion. Mm-hmm. But those alternatives um, don't seem to be associated with actually having meaning hmm. so they seem driven by the same basic need um, but they don't seem to be doing a good job of meeting that need and, and we can document that empirically by looking at you know the relationship you know and the distinction between these two things the need for meaning and whether or not people actually feel like their life is in fact meaningful
1: so let's let's look at that and let's we'll take that out the next layer then how does our human need for meaning go hand in hand with our need for God specifically?
3: Yeah, so I think that's a, that's an important um, question, and there are some there are some interesting research findings in psychology that I think uh, kind of get at that. So one is basic research in what's called attachment theory, which um, maybe you remember if you've taken any kind of developmental mm-hmm. psychology class or read any kind of parenting book, which is the basic idea that from a very early age in our life we naturally attach to mm-hmm. parental. Figures, and that's really important. Like, if a baby doesn't attach to parents, um, then they have all sorts of anxiety and other related psychological issues. So that that attachment system seems to be um, and um, woven into our basic neurological circuitry. Um, and um, there's research that suggests that that goes beyond parents. As people get older, their attachments change. From you know realizing that. Mom and dad can't provide protection for you forever, that eventually you have to go out into the world and, and then your attachment, um, schema kind of expands out, um, out into more of a cultural sphere beyond the family. Um, and in this line of research, one of the big arguments is God is the, is the ultimate attachment figure, um, that we look for mentorship, for leadership, for guidance, for order and structure in our lives and, um, in God or some sort of, you know, higher power um, ultimately provides that that structure, that security blanket.
1: So you're finding that um, God provides that in a way that the universe doesn't or other alternatives that, that people concoct um, to be that, you know, that, that next level beyond my parents or perhaps society. Um, that there's something that's distinct in terms of what the outcomes are for those who are— are finding that uh, that attachment, that relationship, that meaning in God versus some other way of going beyond my parents? That, that's what the research is showing.
3: Yeah, 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 and, and and even more than so that's definitely one dimension of it. Okay. Even more than that, there's so many other things about you know what we might refer to as traditional religion that are distinct from these new age and alternative. Um, Spiritual practices, uh, in, including having some type of um, dogma or scripture—a text that you know—kind of gives you guidelines for how to give a, uh, live a good life. Also, the support, the social support systems that a church weaves—you know—weaves people together in important ways that you know, um, getting your astrology report doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of different variables at play. I think that distinguish um, these more traditional. But it also gets to a point that, you know, that we were making earlier, which is people don't want to submit to an authority, don't want to submit to rules. But the problem is, if, if, if nobody wants to do that, then you're not going to really have um, a very functioning uh, social system that provides meaning, because anybody can opt out at any time, and nobody has, to, has any duty to anyone else or has right. any... Um, has any obligations to anyone else so that 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 ultimately even if it feels good in the moment that oh look at me i can I can believe in whatever I want um it that doesn't turn out to be a, a very uh you know a very sustainable structure
2: well and and that just kind of leads into some things that you had talked about in your paper too clay you know how that theists are are more likely to find meaning in their in their lives than atheists uh based on engaging in religious practices such as prayer or attending religious services and, you know, that they can have more, a view of more meaning in their life when they participate in those activities, you know, because we are such a communal people. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need each other. And, and to be affirmed and, and lifted, you know, in those environments are so, so important in our lives.
3: Yeah, that's right. In fact, um, there was some, some pretty good research, uh, very recently where, um, uh, they looked at like all the different things that could potentially predict whether or not you feel like your, your life is meaningful. And the strongest predictor was the extent to which you felt like you mattered, mm. which gets to that, that idea of uh, being affirmed or being valued. People who feel like they matter, um, feel meaningful, right? Meaning is about mattering. Um, and, um, oftentimes in our society, um, sadly, people feel like no one cares about them or mm-hmm. they don't matter. And if they don't, and, and, and an attachment to God is another way that you feel like you matter. So even if things are going bad for you in life, <laughs> you feel rejected or marginalized or alienated or alone, that sense that, will I matter to God. Um, is really important. And of course, to the extent that you participate in a religious community, then you also get that feedback on a regular basis that you matter to other people Mm -hmm. um, and that you support each other. And so I do think that sense of mattering is really important, and it's very hard, if not impossible, to get from just turning inward and trying to create your own meaning system.
1: Yes. You know, it's fascinating, as you're you're talking about this, I'm thinking about how, um, when you talked about the, the... you know, submitting to another authority and that sense of meaning, the sense of mattering, like there's, I can only imagine for those who are creating their own value system, right? That, you know, our, our, our emotions, our whims are very fickle. They move us from one place to another and we're, we're um, constantly distracted or moving on another direction when something gets difficult. But when we have, when we're under an obligation and we have to kind of push through there's there's a remarkable sense of of value of accomplishment of satisfaction when you've pushed through something difficult and you've come out on the other end better for it versus the person who just like this is hard I don't like this any longer I'm going on to the next thing you know like my marriage is really difficult so I'm going to end this one and try to find a better one um, like the just the overall sense of self-value I can only imagine is much much stronger for those who have a higher commitment level, who have submitted and they've they've responded faithfully um, and, and come out on the other end, is is would that be true? Would you say?
3: It, yeah, I think I, I think that's definitely true. I mean, one of the things I often emphasize is you know there, there's kind of at, at least you know you can say three D's that are really important: dignity, discipline, and duty. Mm. And and unfortunately, in a lot of in a lot of ways, these are kinda of dirty words in, in our modern yes. society because even in my field of psychology, like if you if you talk about like you have a duty to certain things or we should emphasize the importance of dis- you know self discipline and, and these things. Like people are people are nervous to to promote that, even though there's very good reason and very good evidence to think these, you know, these things are actually um, actually very healthy and very good for people. Not just in terms of their psychological health, but in terms of their economic health and their mm-hmm. social health. Um, that people who feel a strong sense of meaning that's driven by a duty to others a, and a duty to a certain way of life, to an ordered way of life, um, regardless of their background, regardless of you know the struggles they have in life, um, they just do better. Right? Mm-hmm. They're just more successful. They're less, you know, they're more likely. To, to graduate from high school, the more likely to, you know, to have a job, the more likely to not be in poverty, the more likely to have successful marriages and the more likely to, you know, live long and healthy lives. Mm-hmm.
2: Um well that that is so wonderful. You know, we had the first segment of our hour we had talked about the four Ds with, with the devil, with the the evil one and how he, you know, deceives us and divides us and diversion and discouragement. So how beautiful it is that you just came up with the three Ds, you know, with duty and discipline and yeah. you know a total of
1: seven Ds at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well. But the three outpower the first four. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I yeah, mean, yeah. This is such an important reality because I think all of us feel at times in our lives at many points in our lives that like this is this is tough and I'm just not sure I want to continue
3: forward with this. Uh, we
1: have 1 minute left. Do you have any final thoughts for us, uh Dr. Clay?
3: Yeah, I would just say adding to that point that um you know, one thing we're really learning is that Pleasure is not the same thing as meaning. Happiness mm. is not the same thing as meaning. Fleeting emotions aren't the same thing as meaning. So you're absolutely right. In fact, some of the most meaningful experiences in our life come from stress mm-hmm. and challenge and having to persevere. And I think we need to emphasize that, you know, that more in our culture. Mm.
2: Oh, well, we just can't thank you enough for being on with us and and I know my husband he sure is loving working with you and uh all the papers that you've been writing he's he's on fire he yeah. uh he, he's an economist <laughs> well, it's been and, a real, yeah
3: yeah he's he's great and it's been a real honor to 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 work with him
2: well, thank you so much for being on with us uh, yeah. again. We are just so grateful for all your insight and all the wonderful research you're doing
1: yep. All right, well we are gonna, for having me. Yes, thank you so much. We loved it. Um, we're gonna have to move forward up next. How should we deal with tumult and turmoil as children of God? We'll discuss that with the shepherd of the diocese of Sioux Falls, Bishop Donald DeGrud. Stay with us on Real Presence Live. We'll be back with more audio goodness after this.